0: Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm SelectBet and I'm delighted to be joined by Greg Brown for another look ahead to this weekend's best bets. How's it going, Greg?
1: Yes, good thank you. Very excited. It's um, Europa League Conference playoff night. (laughs) We'll get to that as always show. on a Thursday
0: <laughs> Four massive games for Scottish clubs in action and a couple in Norway Which we will speak to David Wearson about How's it going David? Going
2: good thank you, Yeah, looking forward now, to that as well
0: Yeah, a couple of big games for uh, Rosenborg and Bodo Glimt tonight Yeah, uh, Both of them, and with a shout of qualifying Rosenborg We've got a lot of work to do though, they're 2-0 down uh, yeah. from the first leg against Rennes.
2: Lost her Relatively late goal to make it two, though, which was uh, I think pr- probably took a chance away a little bit. But yeah, they've got they've got a fighting chance at home. Um, actually, the Ren players are staying in my hometown uh, last night. I don't know why. We're about an hour away from uh, Rosenborg, so um,
0: not yeah, sure why they stayed off. here. But I was fireworks. <laughs> like no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, so, so so you're
2: looking forward to seeing that, and obviously going to home to. Zalgiris, uh, two two each last week. They lost a injury-time equaliser, so hopefully they can uh, they can push on. I mean, massive massive financially for especially for
0: Glead. Yeah, and Greg, I don't suppose you were letting off fireworks in Perth last night ahead of the. So I Jose absolutely was. I against... was all night. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I could believe that of you to be fair. Uh, I'm not so, sure
1: where Alaska's staying actually, but um, I knew a few guys did it for the Galatasaray match. I think um, Galatasaray was staying in Dundee and there was a few fireworks lit off, but as always is the case, it didn't pan out too well. <laughs>
0: no. I'm very used working, to that. Too, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, they should be. Uh, we'll touch a wee bit on those games. the uh, all the teams that are involved have a bearing on the tips that we're going to look at this week. So, we're going to cover uh, all the, the Scottish games, and David's going to talk us through some of the elite season action this weekend. Greg, before we get started, uh, we did a real good podcast last week. Uh, plenty of winners. Particularly the only one to let us down on the tips, uh, but there was also a lot of other little nuggets in the podcast as well.
1: Yeah, it was a terrific weekend, Joey. Really. Um, I think we had five out of six on the podcast that were put on the channel and we had 10 suggested bets on last week's podcast that came in. So I think last weekend's card was terrific. I could have easily put up 15, 20 bets last weekend. Yeah, I, I, I reckon that, we? all of them would have won part of, Bar Partit Thistle mm-hmm. who unfortunately had um, two goals disallowed in that match. One wrongly, one probably rightly. Um, and I, I do know having spoken to some of the guys on Twitter and on the channel this week, um, there's quite a few accumulators based on the weekend steps and that cost quite a few members thousands of pounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's just all in the, in the bad books. But yeah, overall, it's been a terrific weekend. And I think overall in Scotland, I think we're tracking something like 23 winners in the last 30, yeah, which is tremendous. Cool.
0: So uh has got
1: back it's obviously paying dividends now.
0: Yeah, there's, a, there's got to take some comfort in the fact that we've got as far as August the 26th, about well, probably August the twenty-second, I suppose, before Partick Thistle ended up in our bad, bad books this season.
1: Yeah, I think they're struggling defensively at the moment. I, I did fancy them to score two goals up at Arbroath and they, they went, went 1-0 up. Um, but we can let them off. They've been good to us for the last three or four months,
0: so we can, we can let them off. Yeah, we'll maybe revisit them this week because I think I feel a decent price to win at home this week, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to that in due course once we get to the Championship. So this weekend we've got a full... Uh, premiership card in Scotland uh, and across the lower leagues ahead of the international break. So, uh, plenty of teams. To, I know, I know. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> plenty of teams looking to to sign off uh, for a couple of weeks uh, with a win before we head into that international break. So, let's have a wee look at some of the games this weekend. Then we're going to kick off with uh, Saturday's fixtures and it's uh, Dundee United v Harps to get started. Uh, my notes on this one, Greg, are really just saying that the United must be delighted with the start that they've made. Six points from nine, um, and what was a relatively tough start for them?
1: Yeah, it's been a fantastic start. Obviously, beating Rangers um, at home was a massive, massive shock, and the biggest shock of the season so far. I I fancied them a lot last week, as you know, yeah. um, in Perth, and that uh, confidence in them was justified. They, they ran out one the winners. Probably deserved winners, to be fair. I was quite impressed by United last week. They were three to one to win the match, which came in. They were seventeen to twenty double chance, and they landed the nap as well with four corners.
0: I so guess, and, I guess they were a wee bit fortunate in the way that fixture fell for them off the back of
1: well. Well, saying been, that we played a full team, which I was, I must admit, you very very, very surprised about. <laughs> um, Davison... Yeah, yeah. Davidson. I was not so much in terms of the betting angle, more for the fact that I really wanted him to rest our key players for tonight. Mm. Tonight's a three million pound game for us at minimum mm. if we get through. But yeah, yeah, I were very good. Um the boy Fuchs, is it Fuchs? Fuchs, Fuchs. My pronunciation on Fuchs. Yeah. It's Fuchs. Um how do you pronounce it,
2: sorry, David? Foxy, that's what I'm going to say. I'll call him <laughs> Fooksy, right. He
1: was, he was absolutely tremendous. He absolutely ran the show last Sunday. And Mark McNulty as well was an absolute pest. He didn't give the Saints back line a single seconds apiece last week. Hearts, uh, though, as well, I don't know how this game's going to pan out. I really don't. Hearts are 23-20, but that's definitely not a price I could be getting on Hearts at. Hearts' away form over the last few seasons in the Premiership, when they've been in the Premiership, has been abysmal. They did beat Mirren, I think, um, a couple of weeks ago, but there's no way it could be back in Hearts here. Um, I think this has got a draw written all over it.
0: Yeah, I, I've in my notes, I, I can't can't make a call on it, David. Have you got any opinion on this one? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah,
2: to the I d- podcast. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I thought the price in the house was far too short um, as well. Um, I can't really understand it. Why? Why it would be a. a not really I shown think it. there
1: could be a, a decent angle on cards here. I think I highlighted last week that Haring and Halliday mm-hmm. are probably uh, as strong candidates for bookings. And they both got booked last week via Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, United drafted up a good few bookings against yeah. us on Sunday. So I think there's probably a bookings angle here and a cards angle. I'm going to wait. I can't see any prices yet. But from a betting angle in terms of this match, um, I couldn't possibly pick either side. and I think this has got draw written all over it.
0: Best left alone. Uh, not the case for the next game that we're going to have a look at, which is Hibernian at home for Livingston. And I think could be at a great price here at 5 to 6, even though we hate taking Hibernian at a short price, Greg.
1: Yeah, I'm always no surprised by how big a price Hibs are here, especially given the start Livingston have had. Livingston have had a pretty poor start, albeit they have had quite a tough opening. They yeah. they lost 3 0 at home to, away to Rangers, sorry. They lost 2 1 via Aberdeen, and they'll be disappointed last week. They've gone 1-0 up at home to Motherwell. And they lost that 2-1. So played three, lost three. Hibs at home. Hibs are obviously scoring goals. I think they've scored three in their opening at Motherwell. They scored two against Dundee last week. And I think they got three against Ross County. So I think scoring goals isn't a problem. What is a problem for me, though, is the Hibs Twitter page and <laughs> their nicknames of the Hibs players. So Nizzy for Nisbet, not liking that. And the worst of the lot is Boiler. Spoiler for Martin Boyle.
0: I'm not so that. I
1: think no, nah, I'm not having either of them, but I think the, the Hibs Twitter page is all over that, so I guess we'll just need to get used to it. But on those two players though, they yeah, without doubt, obviously, um Hibs is two best attacking options and the most likely um to find themselves in the score sheet. I think Martin Boyle's had a fantastic start this season so far. Yeah. He's in six goals for the campaign. Uh, Kyle McGinnis as well, actually. Um he's in four goals in six games. So there's definitely goals in that in that Hibs side. Five to six though is a is a pretty big price for Hibs, I must admit, against a Livingston side who don't tend to travel well, haven't had a good start to the season. Um an angle though that I like is Hibbs to score two. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hibbs defensively have been great this season. They lost two at Dundee last week. They lost two against Motherwell. So I think the better option here, rather than taking Hibs to win, is we managed to get eleven to ten on Hibs to score two or more, which I think is a great shout
0: for, for for Saturday. David, this is top B bottom I know we're only three games in, but I think both of these sides are going to be both near the top and near the bottom come the end of the season, so uh, that five to six just looks like a, good, a, a big price, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does, and even still, it's uh, still 10-11 for the over uh, two plus goals for Hibs, which I still think is pretty good value. Yeah. Considering uh, their attacking output, um, just on the two players you mentioned, though, is there any chance that they won't be there come uh, September, or is uh, I know Boyle was in, uh, Aberdeen were sort of interested in Boyle and putting a bid? But
0: he signed a new deal, David.
2: He did. Okay. What about yeah. what about Nizzy?
0: Still unsure. Nizzy's there's, still there? <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> uh, what a week left. Not even a week left the transfer window. So yeah, it's a, it's a good point, and I think that will potentially have a, an influence on in how the rest of Hibs' season pans out. The only thing I would caveat that 5-6 with Hibs is, is that they've only won one in the last five year Livingston at Easter Road. And that, Greg, plays into the fact that we don't like backing Hibs at a short price at Easter Road.
1: No, we definitely do not. Uh, but but I am happy to take them to score too. I think Jack Ross would be pretty disappointed after last week's result at Denz.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I, all. I think they're shipping too many goals, Hibs, so wouldn't be surprised to see Livingston score here. And if that happens, it probably should help us in terms of our bet for Hibs to score too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think you, it's hard to oppose Hibs here. They have had yeah. a pretty good start to the season. They're top of the league and they've got a really good chance here to collect another three
0: points. Yeah. Okay, the last game on Saturday is Motherwell v Dundee. And David, I think that's a massive game for Sorry for Motherwell. Um, they've really disappointed the last year and a half. Uh, got a good win at Livingston last week, and I think if they can win this one, that might set them up for a little, a little run, um, which might just see them kind of lift themselves out of that that bottom six territory, where they're probably more than likely um, to be occupying for, for the majority of the season. Having said that, Dundee still only one defeat in seven this season, and that was the, the 6-0 defeat at Celtic Park. So by no means an easy match for Motherwell, um, and they lost it, it at Dens Park earlier in the month.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's not an easy game for Mother One. Obviously, um, obviously, it's not been a <coughs> it hadn't been a good start to the season with losing at home at um But I think it looks like they've they've not got a problem uh, scoring goals. They've scored five goals in their three games so far. Um, so I mean, that's obviously important. If they can tighten it up at the other end, then they can they can start pushing up the table maybe a little bit. I think. I think there's definitely at least two or three worse teams on them in the league, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't expect that they'll be relegated yeah. coming into the end of the season. But um, I do think I do think um, the the price for them in this game is is decent. I mean, Dundee, as you say, they lost they lost uh, six goals at Hibs, but uh, sorry, pitch. Celtic. Yeah. But they also lost two at home to St Mirren and two yeah. at home at Hibs. Yeah. Um So they've clearly got an issue at the back, which um, I think Motherwell could take advantage of, and I quite like quite like the price of Motherwell to score two plus at 2.2.37, whatever that is in your fractions. Yeah, it's 11 to 8. Um, I think that's quite a good price considering Dundee have shipped uh, 10 goals in three games so far. Um, Motherwell don't appear to have a problem with scoring, and Tony Watt looks as if he's looking. He looks sharp and fit, so I think um, Motherwell. At home, I'd expect I'd expect them to beat Dundee, but if they don't, then I would expect them to to at least get a, well, hopefully get a couple of goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Greg, you're quite you keen know, on a goals angle here as well.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it's two sides who
1: can't defend. Uh, I think Dundee have shown that by the fact they've been shipping goals right, left, and centre. Six v Celtic, um, two v Hibs last week, and two v Motherwell. Uh, that was a massive, massive win for Motherwell last week. I did say they were overpriced at Livingston at 3-1 to win that match. Uh, To go one nil down, didn't look good. uh, But they've come back, won the match 2-1. I think as you said at the start, if they win this match, they can really push on. But last week's result was huge for them. Because I think if they've they've lost that match, I think people will be getting a little bit restless. um, Especially given they were knocked out of the cup by by Dundee Mm -hmm. the week before that. So I think goals for me, neither side can defend I think as David mentioned, Tony Watts got two goals so far this season. He looks like he could be possibly having one of his better seasons this year. Um, but Dundee, as I said, don't keep many clean sheets. They've got Jason Cummings, who's got a few goals already this season too. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend Charlie Adam got booked again last week, as we suggested <laughs> in last week's match. So, yeah. interestingly, Dundee have now had nine yellow cards and two red cards in the three matches which is pretty grim. It's 4.3 cards per game. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see cards in this match either. But it's a goals angles for me. Two sides who can't defend. And I'm happy to take the Asian goal line in this match, which is over two and over 2.5 goals at 19 to 20, which means half state backs if there's two goals. Yeah, just explain that not for see.
0: anyone who's
1: unfamiliar with the Asian market, sorry. So with this Asian market, you've only got a, a safety net, essentially if there's two goals scored in this match, you get half your state back, mm-hmm. which I think is a great shout, given the fact that I can't see either side keeping a clean sheet. Both teams to score probably has a very good chance. Um, so with at least two goals being scored, you're going to get half your state back if, if that happens. Uh, and it's 19 to 20, so just a shade below evens uh, for over 2.5 goals in this match with the added safety of half states back if there's two goals.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't really disagree with any of that. I think the Motherwell price looks pretty decent at 11-8. to eight. Um, I would also say that Motherwell have actually got a really good record in this fixture prior to that defeat at Denz Park earlier in the month. They'd actually won 8, and they're now 8 out of the last 9. So, uh, yeah, that will interest quite a few people, but certainly goals look the way to go in this one at Fir Park. And that takes us on to Sunday and 1st. Uh, Meeting between Rangers and Celtic of the season, um, and it's been it's been thrown into some mystery um, the last couple of days as news of a COVID outbreak has reached us um, regarding the Rangers squad. Several of their first team players, including including manager or as well as manager Stephen Gerrard, haven't travelled to Armenia for tonight's match. It's uh, Still unclear just how many and who's involved um, and what it will mean for the weekend. So. Greg, that's a a difficult game to call at the best of times, but it just feels impossible (laughs) to call until we know exactly what the lineups are going to look like on Sunday.
1: Wake up on Sunday morning, have a fry-up, have a coffee, watch the match and don't put anything on the match. That would be my advice. Um, Very, very difficult to call, as you said, at the best of times, but I think people are getting a little bit excited on the Celtic price. I think Celtic came into this match, obviously in great shape at the moment. Eleven to five, I think, possibly, maybe twelve to five to win this match. News of the COVID outbreak has then seen, I guess, um, loyal Celtic fans possibly hammering into Celtic to win this game. And it's brought them into even money. But there's absolutely no chance I'm taking Celtic even money at Ibrox, despite the the COVID issues that Rangers have. Um Rangers at twenty-one to ten, you could probably say the, the value now sits for them. Mm-hmm. But there's probably little value on the card markets. And having looked at corners as well for Celtic, given their are short, short price now, there's a little value in Celtic corners. So the likelihood is I probably won't be doing anything at all in this match. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the game.
0: Yeah, I think that 12-5 kind of to 5 price would have been nibbled at anyway by Celtic supporters um, even before the news of the COVID, I think Celtic fans are going into this game with a wee bit more confidence than they would have been three or four weeks ago. Um, There's just so many factors at play in this. There's a Celtic team seemingly on a high, both teams are playing in Europe tonight, so we would wait to see how those games pan out. There's going to be no Celtic fans at the game and having thrown the whole COVID thing into the mix, David, it's a punter's nightmare. Yeah,
2: I mean, I have to say I've been really impressed with Celtic with what I've seen this year. Absolutely, night and day um, compared to last year, just the the tempo they're playing football at. Is, it's been enjoyable to watch as a neutral. Um, I just think I can understand why they've been backed in and they're now favourites, but it's, it's just unbackable about Ibrox. How often is the form team going into the old form ended up losing anyway? Yeah. Just purely... Just on a one one off game. I just think with Rangers though, they've shot themselves in the foot with that obviously Lundstrom red card last week. But just having to go to Armenia and, and still having to get a result, they should have should have had it done and dusted last week. Really, if they'd played to anywhere near their potential, and um, that's, that definitely puts a little negative in their book because obviously obviously Celtic <coughs> have a well have a, a cushion on Azed but it's not going to be easy for them either. I just think Rangers travelling to Armenia and... Uh, with Did I mention that? Like, i before, do make Celtic, i <laughs> yeah. I do make Celtic <laughs> favourites, and, and uh, especially having what, what we've seen so far this year, I, I think Celtic probably deserve to be slight favourites uh, now with the situation with the COVID as well, but yeah, unbackable as a price. Both sides playing away from
1: home, I, th- I think as well isn't ideal in terms of preparation for this game, I think it's worth noting as well, there's going to be, what, 49,000 Rangers fans here? Mm-hmm. 50,000 Rangers fans here? But um, just to see how that has any impact on the match. I, I, I just don't think you can call this game. I think if you are trying to call it, um, you're a very brave man.
0: Yeah, and as you said, Greg, Rangers are better than 2-1. Um, I was quite surprised to see the start that Celtic haven't won this, which in the last six meetings, and... Um, and I think Stephen Gerrard has won six of the last nine games against Celtic, which is quite a phenomenal record in this fixture. Speaks volumes for where Celtic were last season, and of course where Rangers were last season. But, um, yeah, I just don't think you could be back in Celtic even money uh, at Ibrox. Before we finish up on it, this is always a game that we would like to have a look at for cards. <coughs> take, um, and that might be something that, that comes off further down the line. Um, Kevin Clancy is the man in the middle, his last game in charge, a uh, last fixture in charge of this game, he dished out seven yellows and one red. Um, <laughs> I was also, just having a look at his stats, I didn't realise he dished out 13 yellow cards in a game earlier this season uh, <laughs> in the Europa League for uh, AEK v VLS Mostar. So I always think Kevin i <laughs> is a fairly quietish referee, um, but you can just never tell in these games, can you?
1: No, I, th- I think given the fact that you're going to have 50,000 Rangers fans screaming and shouting at every single tackle that Celtic make,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think it's human human nature. It must be difficult for the referee in that, in that situation. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. professionals and they don't go by the crowd, but it must be difficult in such nah, a poisonous picture.
2: Don't give them any credit. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: must be difficult when you've got a Celtic player making a tackle or a late tackle and you've got 50,000 fans screaming and shouting. It's a yellow
2: card or a sending off. I think it's difficult for um, the 50-50 ones that they don't see that well, because that, that's the ones that I think, if they don't see it that well and they hear the reaction, they're like, oh Christ, that must have been worse than I thought, and then that's when they <laughs> cut, start coming out. Yeah.
0: Uh, the one, the only one that really stands out for me uh, is James McCarthy of Celtic, who who may well start, he's not going to feature tonight um, in the Netherlands for, for Celtic, but he's 74 to be booked, and I think if he starts... Um, then he looks a very right good bet um, to get a card at Ibrox um, on his, his first Glasgow derby for Celtic. Just before we finish on that game, Greg... Can Scott
1: Brownsdale get booked for this clash.
0: <laughs> Probably. Can Scott Brownsdale get booked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before we finish up on Celtic Greg, I just wanted to mention their corner count so far this season uh, it has been ridiculous, I think it was 50 last week Yeah, um, they are averaging oh, I've got it here somewhere they were averaging 13 at home in their first two uh, league fixtures uh, so that's definitely something maybe not for this weekend, but certainly something to to look out for this season um, given the, unfortunately
1: the, the because that, that was my Main angle was going to be Celtic corners before the Covid outbreak news came out mm. because Celtic would have travelled here as what 12 to 5 underdogs for this match, and we probably could have got a decent price possibly on Celtic hitting five corners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think with Celtic now in the favourites, now um, you're needing
0: to hit six, which I'll
1: probably just uh, leave. I think,
0: yeah. OK, we'll leave the rangers Celtic game there. Uh, next up is Aberdeen for County. And Aberdeen on another side will be a huge night ahead of them tonight at Bataudry.
1: Yeah, full house tonight up at Aberdeen. Um, they have to win that match. They lost the first game 1-0 last week in um, Azerbaijan. So a really tough game tonight. But with the back in 18,000 dandy dons at the game, that should hopefully help them. I think with the away goals rule we'll now being out of play, it probably suits Aberdeen tonight. Yeah. Because I think if they were to score, then it's 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 game yeah. over. Yeah. Um, if they get back into the tie to make it 1-0 on aggregate, then you would game hope on. Aberdeen Yeah, can yeah definitely. Um, for a decent enough start at Aberdeen, um, I think obviously Brown being there, I, I think we all questioned how that would pan out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think the Aberdeen fans absolutely love him.
0: Yeah, I think right, um,
1: yeah. he's one of these players that if he's playing for you, then you'll love him he's playing against you you'll hate him and that's the great thing about football and I guess a great thing about um, Scott Brown he's, he's still got, got that hunger to compete at a really good level so I th- I'm not keen on backing teams who've just played a massive European game on the Thursday night especially teams like Aberdeen um, they're obviously home to Ross County they've been a few signings this week had a pretty disappointing start to the season I think the jury's still out Malcolm Mackay uh, Aberdeen 4-7 I don't think I'll be taking Aberdeen at that price. Definitely not. Uh, again, this is probably another match for me, best left alone. Did look at Ross County to get four corners at five to four. But looking at Ross County start to the season, that's probably more a punt than anything else, mm-hmm. than any real belief that they'll hit four corners. Um, but I'd be really interested to see how tonight pans out for Aberdeen.
0: I just yeah. can't be taking them four to, to six after such a huge European game. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. I kind of think that if Aberdeen win tonight and get that confidence of going into the group stages of the, the Conference league, that's a massive boost for the club. I think that the forty-seven price then looks a much better bet on Sunday um, at Homey-Ross County. Uh, David, are you interested at all at those kind of prices?
2: Uh, no, def- definitely not, especially with the game tonight. Um, just on the, I mean, the away goals thing, I saw quite a bit of chatting. Twitter last night that it's a big advantage to the team playing home second now because it used to be that it went to extra time and the team who were away from home had another chance of getting away goal but now it's going to extra time and the team who are home just have an extra 30 minutes at home Which uh, seems a bit unfair, but
0: um, it also makes the draw much more likely as well because you yeah. need you know both results to be replicated in both legs for a game to go the extra time. So it was fairly rare for that yeah. to happen. Whereas now I think we'll see a lot more ties yeah, going in the extra will. time in
2: Europe. I think will. and I mean they they, did, they, they came back from uh, Azerbaijan last was it Azerbaijan? Yeah, last week. Yeah. and uh, got a good result against Hearts. You would say a one-all draw away of Hearts isn't bad. So. They seem, to, they seem to have done all right so far coming off for Thursday game. So, um,
1: I, I think in terms of Scottish football, bit we bit really want to see bit. all all four sides progress. Um, we'll yeah. touch upon the last one in, in, in a minute, but it'd be great to see Aberdeen in the group stages and I think we probably fully expect both Celtic and Rangers to be there too
2: in the, Euro- mean, in the Euro- Europa League. Financially for, for Aberdeen, it's just it's huge. And obviously for St Johnson that we're going to touch on soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I am quite keen on the 4 to seven at Aberdeen um, and looking to double that up with uh, someone else later on the podcast that we'll, we'll discuss as well but we'll get onto that shortly. Uh, last but not least in the Premiers ship this weekend uh, St Mirrenby St Johnson and I've got one word written down for my notes Greg, can you guess what it is?
1: Draw, no goals.
0: Yes, draw. draw. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this podcast too, too, too long now. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is going
1: to draw that right all over it for me. Yeah, so I, I will be going to the match. Well, there's been a, a, a lot of hoo-ha about tickets for this game. Yeah, uh, St John's coming out saying there's no tickets for away fans, but St Mirren's still selling tickets in that way end. So I'll be going to the match with Div. I think we're going to catch up and watch the um, Rangers-Celtic game first. Then we're going to go to St Mirren Park and watch the Dill one all draw. Um, <laughs> again, there big goals.
0: I was going to
1: say that's all. Well, I I well, um, you're probably right. Actually, my initial view in this match was to look at a potential angle on goals, but it's not a fixture that has many goals in it. To be fair, uh, again, last week I think I just I just couldn't back St Johnson at home to United last week off the back of a tough game in Austria. We've essentially got financially the biggest match in the history of the club. You can't underestimate how big a thing it will be for Perth and St Johnston to qualify for the group stages of a European competition. Um, To then try and lift yourself for a trip to Paisley on the the Sunday, I I, I think it's going to be a big ask. This will be our fourth Thursday night match in a row. I know it's the start of the season, but clubs struggle to manage juggling domestic football and European football. I think St Myrna will be smart after last week's absolute thumping by Celtic. It could have been 10-0. Um, I think 6-0 was probably quite um, generous on, on St Myrna last week. But saying that, St Myrna at home don't tend to lose many goals. They don't, they're quite a stuffy side to beat at home. I just think it's a step too far for us. And I think I've got a pretty good angle, actually, at a really good price. So the angle for this game is for St Myrna to hit four corners and St Myrna double chance which I think looks a cracking shout at 6-5 with bet three six five, And that can factor in the fact that there may no be goals in this match. But it could be a drab 0-0. But I would still fully expect St at home to try and hit at least four corners in this game.
0: Yeah, remember we discussed this fixture last December, I think, Greg. Uh, and at that point, we were looking at <laughs> just how many... Or how few goals there had been um, over the course of the, the previous games. I think in the last seven games there was only seven goals scored, and then they served up a three-two. Three-two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can't
1: see that it. happening this weekend for two reasons. One, we cannot score goals. I'd also like to point out we have not won a game this season yet. We've played seven matches, and we've not won any of them. Mm. Uh, and St Myrna themselves haven't had a good start to the season, so. I think looking at our games, 0-0 against Ross County, one all v Motherwell, and a defeat last week, a won no defeat against United last week. How can you make a case for us to travel to St Mirren on Sunday off the back of a tough European game and get a result? So I think we'd probably be happy with a draw and I think the St Mirren double chance and four St Mirren corners is a great shout at 6-5. to
0: It's a fair shout. Uh, David, I guess you're probably on the, the unders market if you were to go anywhere in this game in terms of goals. Yeah, I, I
2: just think... Like no matter what the result for St Johnston on Thursday, it kinda it's kinda negative. If they win, then they probably enjoy it maybe on thurs- Thursday night and uh, <laughs> go into Sunday, maybe take their eye off the ball a little bit with the Europa League on the horizon. And if they lose, that's going to be a real tough one to swallow. Um I think uh, Greg maybe knows better than me, but like last season St Johnson didn't start well either. There was a bit of pressure in Callum Davidson early, wasn't there? And um, it took a little bit of time to get them going. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. It's just probably, yeah, they've got their eye on Europa League or Europa League. And the league form will take care of itself once uh,
0: sort
2: of autumn and winter comes around.
0: Greg, just before we finish up on St Johnson, um, I presume you're going to the game tonight.
1: Well, as soon as this podcast finishes, I'm going for a shower. I'm going straight <laughs> to the pub. So I will be in the pub for 12 o'clock. are <laughs> uh,
0: doing this
2: so early? Sorry? Is that why we're doing this so early? <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to ask, I see there's been a wee bit of money for Lask. Uh, they were as short as one to, 2, 8 to 15 maybe. Now a wee bit out to 8-13, to which means there's been possibly money for St John's. they now into 65. Is that worth taking on tonight, I think? last
1: for way too short at those prices? No, I think the prices make it very, very easy to just to leave it alone. And uh, nobody can be sucked in by a decent price in lask. They were nineteen to twenty to win the match. But yeah, you certainly can't be having them um any shorter than that. I may do a uh, leg special and back lask double uh, to, to qualify. That's not a tip for Anyone that's a well, fact 8 to 13, sorry, yeah, right to yeah, qualify, yeah. yeah. So I think I'll do that purely as a fan, which means if last qualify, I'll win some money, and if St Johnson qualify, I have three European trips to look
0: forward to. It's so it's really it's a win win situation for me, this match. That's a proper emotional hedge, that one,
1: yeah. So I'm going to put enough on that if I lose it, I'm not fussed, but if it comes in, then I've got something back. So yeah, 8 to 13 to qualify, I think looks like a good shout. Um, yeah. I wasn't that impressed by last, last week, I must admit. I think we were very unlucky not to have gone two goals ahead. I've mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, let them back in the game. We, we rode our luck a little bit in the last five, ten minutes, but um, 11 to 10 for last tonight, 8 to 13 to qualify, I don't think it's
0: that bad a shout. Yeah. Okay, so good luck to St Johnson tonight. Uh, hope you have a solid hangover tomorrow, Greg. Yes, Andy, I will. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the championship. Uh, we've got five games there. Greg will touch on Partick Thistle last week. Uh, they're at home to Morton this week, four to six, uh, and I think that looks a fairly good bet for them to bounce back.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I'm just a bit concerned about their defensive frailties. Uh, they didn't have much of a bench last week, Thistle. So, though they're seeing some really good players attacking-wise, they they're, they're shipping goals. So. I think the 4-6 to six looks fair enough. They should win this match. If you want to try and get any value from this game, I think Thistle to win and over 1.5 Thistle goals pays 23-20. But it's probably a match I'll leave alone. i uh, keen to see how they get on in this match and be keen to back them uh, next time out.
0: Okay. Uh, David, you're quite keen to have a wee chat about the Queen of the South v hamilton game. Yeah.
2: I think um, Hamilton so far this year, uh, I mean, obviously at the start of the season, there was... With them getting relegated, usually teams who are relegated are expected to bounce back up. But I think most people thought Hamilton might struggle this year. And um, last week losing at home to Kelly two nil. Week before that losing at home to Morton one 0 which was a really poor result. And the week before that, although although they got a draw, they were four nil down. And uh, I tend to tend to look at the going four nil down more than getting back to four each. I think it just becomes a bit more of a sort of mental emotional thing when it when it. Uh, is a bit of a comeback I think being 4-0 down is more worrying than uh, I'd be excited for them coming back so I think Queen of the South who obviously they, they won at Morton uh, last week which was a really good result and they've had two close defeats to Kelly and Partick Thistle who are two of the stronger teams in, in the league we think I think they're a really good price this week in Queen of the South um two point seven five at home at Hamilton who haven't impressed at all so far. Um but uh on the goals market, Queen of the South who have scored two at Thistle and three more Morton last week. Um for them to score uh two plus goals I think it's so am what, my internet's not working just now, so I can't, uh, I can't, I can't see the the price for two plus goals, but I think it was about two point three seven
0: for the uh, day.
2: So uh, yeah, I think that like, I think that could be a good a good option. Sixty four. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good price considering what we've seen from Hamilton so far this year, and uh into out at home, having scored a good good uh, got a good win last week, I think they should be going at this game with a bit of confidence.
0: Yeah, I guess the only concern. On paper, is that Hamilton have obviously appointed new manager Stuart Taylor, and uh, yeah. whether whether we'll see that new manager bounce it, we'll sometimes even a new guy goes in.
2: It's possible. I just wonder. I just wonder if they've got the players. I, I'm not <clears> sure <throat> if they do, to be honest.
0: But it's very, very young,
1: inexperienced team. Hamilton have yeah. got obviously Hamilton do do a great job in bringing through young players, and they've gone more youth this season. But the championships are the totally difficult and competitive league to. Uh, Go with kids, as the man once said. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's a, be a tough ask for Hamilton this season, um, yeah. and I can definitely get on side with Queen of the South here. Okay,
2: so what's the tip then, David? Uh, two plus goals for Queen of the South. Two plus goals. Uh, and that is come up now, and it's 2.5, 2. so. Yeah, 64 yeah.
0: And it's a, money. It's a, it's a really good price,
2: I think, yeah. for that.
0: OK, we've also got uh, t- top two sides in the league. Uh, Kelly v Inverness meet uh, at Rugby Park on Saturday as well. Both unbeaten, both yet conceded. Uh, I'm not going to stick my neck on the line on this one, Greg, are you? No. Um,
1: I-, I do think Kelly will win the match. 3-4, uh, to four, probably about right, given that at home, Kilmarnock um, seem to be taking life in the Championship in their stride so far. Um, but I think with Inverness being undefeated as well, I think for me, I'll be leaving this one alone, but I do expect Kelly to win this game, and I'd imagine they'll be quite popular on Neil
0: Rackers this match for Kelly. Yeah, Uh, Kelly's rivals, Ayr, we've already mentioned them on the channel this week, they've had their own COVID outbreak this weekend, Uh, up to five first-team players have tested positive, I believe, Um, and
1: that's... It's actually worse than that, to be fair, so... Yeah, so one of my contacts I spoke to this morning, they're down to seven players now. Oh. So they're going to have to play kids, reserve players, youth players, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they're obviously trying, really keen to try and get the game postponed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the league are doing all they can to make sure this fixture is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So I think I posted this on the channel on Tuesday or Monday um, at the start of the week to say that the even money on race at that point was a pretty decent shout if this game goes ahead. If it doesn't go ahead, um, you'll obviously get your state back. But I think this match, if it does go ahead, um, Wraith look a really good shout.
0: That uh, Wraith price has kind of held up. They're still 19 to 20 to win. Um, but the only thing I would say is last week, news broke, I think was it Friday, <laughs> was it Saturday morning, about Airdrie, yeah. um, having, having players who uh, were going to miss the game as well. And they subsequently went and won. Uh, well, um, as
1: you know, I don't like to be smug, um, you know me, uh, but <laughs> I, I I wasn't going to be sucked in by that. I was laughing on Saturday morning because I just seen everyone ploughing into Peterhead. Airdrie yeah. uh, put a tweet out to say they have a few players missing, uh, but that, for me that didn't necessarily mean um, having a few players missing meant Peterhead win the match. Hmm. I think Airdrie uh, went off at 2-1 to, to win that match and they, they won 3-2, they were 3-0 th- up. This is a bit different. This is a full team, almost, being decimated by COVID, which is a bit different to having two or three players out. So it's probably worth keep, well, keeping an eye on, but if the match goes ahead, Wraith Rovers at 19-20, as a must-must-back. B-
0: b- okay. Um, and last but not least, I think in the Championship we've got Dunfermline at home to Abroast. Dunfermline find themselves bottom of the table. Of their game last weekend was suspended and eventually abandoned. Uh, at Rovers due to a floodlight failure, was it, Greg? Yeah. Well,
1: initially it was. What happened was they, they then lost power in the stands. And due to this world of health and safety measures because there's no lights in the stand mm. they subsequently had to call the match off and abandon it which is a bit ridiculous really so yeah that match lasted i think 13-14 minutes last week
0: yeah and it leaves Dunfermline a, a bit of a perilous position at the bottom of the table um and this game against our is just a game that peter grant can't afford to lose no our both
1: are flying at the moment absolutely mm. flying they performed really well against us in the cup probably a little bit unfortunate to go out in penalties to be fair um, and they've absolutely hammered Patrick Thistle at Thistle's side starting the season really well so are both are fourth in the league at the moment uh, scoring goals this is a, a very awkward game for, for them family, I think uh, but I think there could be goals in this match I think over 2.5 pays even money
0: Yeah is that your bet in this one?
1: Yeah I think it was going to go as for a bet in this one definitely to take
0: goals in this match David any opinion on yeah no I think
2: the family are very short considering what we've seen and i think like at the start of season part-time teams quite often like you'll find that players aren't the players aren't worse than the full-time teams it's just when it comes down to sort of winter time and spring when there's a lot of games it's difficult for the, the players who are working to to keep up the to keep up with the full-time teams. so i think at the start of season teams like our both can get a good start we've seen it before with part-time teams starting off really strongly and then fading and i think uh our both look like they could could go on along a similar similar line yeah
0: okay so keep an eye out for that when it's over two and a half goals uh sorry yeah so is it over two and a half goals in the game greg yeah over 2.5 goals pays even yeah, money yeah even money Okay, we'll quickly move on to League 1 and League 2. Standout game, I think, sorry, yeah, definitely standout game in League 1 is uh, Falkirk v. Queen's Park uh, on Saturday. Quite surprised to see Falkirk short as 17-20 to 20 for this one, David.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, and I'm actually, I'm interested to see, just to try and keep that in mind for when Queen's Park play at home to Falkirk. Yeah. Um, which is obviously not a home game. Um, yeah for them. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if the odds are the same or uh, whether they'll realise that uh, they're playing at Falkirk. But no, I think um, I think Falkirk are too short. Definitely too short to back um, Queen's Park. Although I think, did they draw last week? Uh, they drew against 10 men. Last week was really disappointing. Um, Alain went down to 10, didn't they, in the first half in Queen's?
1: Yeah, I was Queens, delighted, obviously. I, I opposed Queens Park yeah. last week. I just felt Aloe at home are probably a more formidable force than away from home.
2: Yeah, um, I mean it shouldn't be, but um, I, th- I think I think this is a 50-50 game, and the the odds are, don't reflect that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a, a score draw. Maybe I think there might be goals in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean I think uh, Focal was taking ten out of the twelve points available. Their only draw was with Cove, and I think they were a wee bit under strength, so they had just come back from
2: yeah
0: kind of COVID outbreak that week. So that was kinda of lauded as a, a fairly decent result. But their other their other wins have been against Clyde, Airdrie, Peter hedge you know, those are three games that you would expect up to win. Um yeah. so we can't really read too much into that, I suppose. So I think Dolphin has done a great crowd. job
1: here so far. I think um Falkirk are rightly famous for this match at home I, I do think the price of 70-20 to 20 is a little bit short, it should probably be about evens for this match mm-hmm, yeah. but I'm not fully on board with the Queen's Park train away from home yet and I think this is a really tough game uh, a draw looks a bit right but I quite fancy Falkirk to maybe get a result in this match, I think Paul has done a good job so far and it would be fascinating to see how this game pans out
0: Yeah, I think uh probably best watched. And as you say, David, just, you know, will tell us more about the rest of the season um, and how things might pan out for either side.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I
0: think it will. OK, we've got uh, Clyde against Cove. Uh, Greg, you're all over goals in this as usual, um, as far as Cove are concerned.
1: Yeah, so I think Cove the last two weeks, a 5-2 hammering of his five at home and they've then gone to Dumbarton last week. Now thirteen to eight, we got for them to score two, absolutely sensational. Yeah. Given the fact um, they're away, at Dunbarin, they're scoring goals. Um, I think they got back into five to four eventually um, that match. But in this match here, away at Clyde, you've, you've essentially got three of the league's best strikers in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously. Couldn't have a podcast without mentioning our famous duo of Mitch Magnuson and Rory McAllister. Uh, Mitch Magnuson's got six for the season so far. Rory McAllister's got three. Uh, David Goodwillie's got four, I think, or three or four so far. So fully expecting Cove to win this match. They're a bit short. I think they're three to four now to win the game. But I'm I'm more than happy to take over two point five goals in this game at seventeen to twenty, given the attacking options that Cove have and Clyde at home always able of a goal with good willy playing. Mm. So I think we'll probably see another, both teams to score and win for Cove here. If that happens, then we'll get our
0: 2.5. Yeah, David, you thinking along the same lines?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Cove, we'll look as if they've, well, they're planning, planned a promotion push, haven't they, with the, the guys they've signed in the summer and uh, I'd expect them. I'd expect goals in this game, but I'd expect both to win, although in saying that I wouldn't probably wouldn't back them at the odds-on away from home.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like a game that Cove should be winning if they have real ambitions of of securing promotion this year. These are the kind of games that they need to be able to go and win at Broadwood against a, a side who kind of struggled a wee bit already this season. One team that hasn't struggled is Montrose, Greg, um, they're at home in Dumbarton. Uh, Three to four to win, but I still think that's a fairly decent price based on what they've done so far this season.
1: Absolutely. Um, three to four is a very good price. I think they may have even been a little bit bigger than that at the start of the week. Uh, Dumbarton now starting to lose games, which is good. Uh, <laughs> we, we slated them at the start of the season, yeah. so they finished bottom. So I think that, that game against Clyde is probably a bit of a freak show, really. To, to, win, to win that game 3-0 on the opening day I, I do think it's going to be a, l- a long tough slog for Dumbarton. Um but a very very tough game for them away to Montrose I think 3-4 should be snapped up and again a very popular bet you'd imagine you'll find in the, the Akers
0: yeah. uh, David Entenel standing out for you
2: in League 1 uh, no I don't think so I think uh, I think Grace covered it ok
0: We'll just very briefly touch on league two, not a huge amount standing out. Uh, Greg, the one thing that did stand out, I suppose, is Kelty's price of just two to five to win at Stenhouse Muir. Now I'm all for Kelty being the best team in that league, but I'm not having them at two to five to win away from home.
1: No, it's a shame really because I think last season with Queen's Park, very similar kind of setup in terms of a huge favorite to win the league, but we're still getting some decent value. Mm. on Queen's Park at this point in the season. So these places make it very, very easy for us just to ignore it and to leave it alone. Um, Last week, they huffed and puffed, what, a 1-0 win last week, was it? Yeah, over Edinburgh. Yeah, so I won't be getting getting involved. I I think out of all the leagues in Scotland, I think League 2 is probably the most difficult league to try and get an angle on. I, I really don't think there's much between the sides other than Kelty. Um, and in our start of the season very very well which is a bit uh-huh. surprising yeah, yeah. Edinburgh City have struggled Forfar have had a good start to the season as well Elgin too so such a difficult league mm-hmm. um, I think there's there's more than enough in the the Premiership the Championship and League 1 to keep us out to keep us occupied I think League 2 at the moment is just one of those leagues until things settle down a little bit
0: it's yeah. best left alone yeah anything standing out for you David?
2: Uh, no nah, I don't think so I think it's definitely like Kelty and probably nine others it's going to be about this season <laughs> I think um, I think the price of Forfa is decent at home to Strenouard I'd, I'd fancy them to win I'd probably put that in an ACA at uh, four to five um, yeah. but um, they were, they were apart from that out. maybe Cowdenbeath better than Evans at home I th- maybe to score to score goals again I think that at home they're likely to score goals uh, Cowdenbeath Although Annan yeah. have started the season not bad, I think uh, Cowden Beath at home are all a decent shout. Yeah, I think
1: Liam McCallan there had a good start to the season too. Yeah, so he'll be their main threat. They've got Bobby Barr as well actually. So quite keen on Cowden Beath to keep an eye on him this season. They're one side now. I'll, I'll be keeping a, a close watch on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say Forfar were the only one that really kind of stood out for me a wee bit this week, but slightly put off by them with that uh, draw against Elgin last week when. We thought they might have won and put a wee bit of pressure on Keltie, but um, they never managed it. They ended up 2-2. OK, we'll recap the Scottish bets towards the end of the podcast, but we're going to have a quick look at the latest season, uh, predominantly with yourself, David. Uh, you'll be glad to know. Uh, we've got a couple of games on Saturday. We've then got five games on Sunday. Uh, let's kick off with and v Leelstrom on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, um, obviously a bet I had on last week as well with uh, both teams to score. In, uh in the Miondalan game um they went to Starbuck and they drew 1-1 um which was good for my for my bet but just noticeable this year how much more attacking Muendalen have been like last year it was definitely a, I don't think I ever backed a goals uh, a goal uh, goals in a game for uh, Miondalan last year at all there were so many sort of 1-0s and 0-0s nil that it was impossible to do, but this year, looking through looking through their games, there's only been uh, one home game they failed to score, and one away game they failed to score. So definitely noticeable change in their style uh, yeah. this year, this uh, season. And uh, this week they're playing against Leicestershire, who have started the season really well. Um, again, last week went to Howick and one three It Was actually. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast or not. I thought the price was a bit a bit high for them. Um they were big outsiders away at Haugesund, which was a yeah, they shouldn't have been and it proved on the day. They went in a one three nil. But Lelistrim um Leelistrim have scored in I think every game bar two as well. I think only one away game they failed to score, which was at Kristiansund. Um I think both teams to score in this game at four, uh, four five is a really good price again and also over 2.5 goals in this game is pretty well priced considering I mean the last uh, five million games in a row at home have all gone over uh, 2.5 um, Leila Sturm obviously scored a lot of goals they scored three in the last away game, they scored three in the away game at Starback, they scored two at Mollering, they scored two at Tromter so, Yeah, I think uh, both of those both of those look pretty good prices to me I think it's 2.07 for the for the um, It's probably, what's that, 21 to 20 or something 20, yeah. uh, for the over 2.5 and uh, both teams score 45, I think both of them look like good shouts this week
0: yeah, I think that all points towards both teams to score, that's landed in 12 of 16 of Mjørn you know, Darlin's games and 10 of 16 for Lielström. Uh, and it's also landed in 8 of the last 10 meetings between the two sides. So uh, certainly stats suggest that that's the way to go. Uh, and that's priced at 45, David. Yeah. OK, um, moving on to Sunday, we've already touched on uh, a couple of Norwegian teams in action. This this evening uh, in the Europa Conference League, um, we're going to have a wee quick discussion over Glimpt's visit to Tromsø uh, on Sunday. And last week you mentioned that Pellegrino had arrived. Uh, Glimpt, <laughs> uh, he duly served up was that a hat
2: trick? He ended up with. He came off the bench and scored a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> not, um... not bad. <laughs> have you managed <laughs> that before, David? <laughs> off the bench and scored a hat trick? Uh,
1: no
0: i <laughs> he he come off the bench was, to score I was, I was to say he was <laughs> I never on
2: the, the bench <laughs> uh, I was on the bench well, it? <laughs> uh, And he looks
0: nah. overpriced this week
2: again Oh, massively overpriced So, I mean, obviously Gleam to have their um, their uh, Conference League match on uh, Thursday night and that might affect their team selection um, for, for Sunday So they go to Tromsø uh, on Sunday which is a North... Uh, North Derby, which we missed out on last year with Tromsø being out of the league, it should be should be a decent game. But Tromsø have struggled at home; they've still not won, um, still not won at home, which is uh, which is obviously an issue. They've drawn three, lost four, um, and they've conceded fourteen in the process. So, Gleam, you would expect to win, and I actually think Gleam's price of even money is pretty welcoming. Um, they look. They look good. So I don't think Tromsø will sit in and uh, make break them down the same way other teams have this year. I think Tromsø will try and uh, try and go at them a little bit. So I think Glint could uh, could pick them off. As it looks a really good price. But on the goal scoring market, um, I mean, at this point last year with Glint scoring all the goals they did, we used to get like Zinkanago, Hauge, uh, and Juncker were all anytime under evens for pretty much every game. Now, Pellegrino's come in last week. He's come off the bench and scored a hat trick against his old team, Christian Sund. Uh, they won three 0 I had backed them to score in both halves, which unfortunately they didn't. They took uh, took to the second half to score the three goals. Um but Pellegrino is three point six to score at any time in this game, which is absolutely ridiculous considering I mean he scored twenty five goals last year for Christian Sund. He's joined a team which is the most attacking in the league, score the most goals in the league. Um, I just can't understand why why his price is so high. Like he he might not start, he might start on Thursday night and come off be on the bench, but he'll definitely he'll definitely be involved in some way. And even if he does come off the bench, he's, he'll hit. He's on penalties um, already. We saw that last week, um, and he's just yeah, he's just. It's just a clinical finisher, and I, I can't understand why that price is, is like that.
1: Is it a case, David, that even if you played up front for Bora Glimp this weekend, you could score?
2: I think I might have scored
0: 30 this season. <laughs> All those chances have been created. Yeah. What's more amazing is Bet365. We've got 11 players ahead of him in the betting.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. So <laughs> Sondra Serli, who's injured for the whole season, he's ahead of him in the betting. Sondra <laughs> Fett is a midfielder. Yeah. Um, Victor Boniface, he's not played a game all season. He's got a uh, ACL injury. He's missing the whole season. He's ahead of him. Um, Thomas Rataj, I don't even know who that is. He's ahead of him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think, uh, I think if he does score this week, um, this will be the last time we get a price like this. And if he, yeah, if he doesn't score and he's priced this again, I would just keep backing it until he does, which won't, won't be long.
0: And I guess. If we get the the team news and he starts, then seventeen to two first goal scorer yeah. also looks worth a wee point yeah, punt probably. Yeah, um, yeah, and just going back to the price on Gleam, I think if you had told us last year, you know, obviously Gleamed were, were absolutely flying, but if we could get even money on Gleamed, uh against a promoted side, they would have absolutely snapped that up.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I think we should as well this year. I don't think the form's been so bad that. We don't uh, continue to back them. I mean, they've yeah. won they've won nine out of sixteen, and they've they've looked they've looked pretty decent. And obviously, Tromso's whole form's really poor so far this year.
0: Yep, yeah, and that kind of leads us nicely onto our next game. We're going to have cut um, Olders lead, which was seven points a couple of weeks ago, to just two, um, and they travel to Christiansen on Sunday. Uh, Christiansen going reasonably well in the league, uh, but they definitely look like the best of the rest. They've kind of struggled against. The bigger clubs this season, so uh, Mouldy at twenty-one to twenty, Look a yeah. good bet, David. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a really
2: good price. Mouldy have had a a nice rest. They had a, a week off um, last week. Uh, they're no longer in European football, so they've got um, they've had the whole week to prepare for this one, and I just don't see how. They won't win this one so christian soon christian you know i brought some some culture and statistics to the podcast last week uh, with christian soon <laughs> about how their, their expected points and expected goals against was really really high con- uh, compared to what they've done and yeah it proved again last week they lost three goals against gleam they were outplayed pretty much throughout Um i just don't see how don't dominate this game. I think they'll dominate the game. I think they'll create better chances and it's just whether or not they take them. And I mean they've got a striker in Ohe on well, my Wanfo that's absolutely banging them in this year. I think he's on fifteen league goals or something. Um may even be more than that. He's having an incredible season. Um eighteen. So we got 18 league goals in 15 games so far this season. Uh Ohe. Um there was, I mean, he's, he's definitely leaving in the winter, so he signed a pre-contract with Severins uh, or Red Star Belgrade to try and give them their old name. But um, there was chat that he might be leaving um, in the summer as well, early to go there, but I don't think the clubs have agreed a price and I think Mould are very keen to hold on to him uh, while Gullim and also Rosenborg have uh, crept up as well, so the title race is very much on in Norway.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at the outright prices there, David. Uh, Muda are still shorties, uh, two to five um, to win the league. Gleams three to one. Rosenborg ten to one. Um, yeah. Any any value in that Gleams price, you think, or do you think, given that Muda don't have European competition yeah. to worry about? I think then-
2: that's a big uh, a big factor in that price. I think if Gleams go through, which you would expect them to tonight, uh, they'll have six six conference games, which will definitely. They don't have a huge squad or the don't have huge depth and quality, so I do think that's probably a big factor in that price. I think Rosenborg, um, they've looked a lot better recently. Um, they won last week against Odd very comfortably. I think it was five five nil in the end. Um, yeah, five nil.
1: How many corners did Odd get that match? i
2: um, to check. I don't know what, but they were well. It was two. They got two. So I mean Rosenborg, um, they've signed a lot a lot of young players recently, which is kind of going against the previous year and a half or two years mm-hmm. of their transfer policy. It's really nice and actually yesterday, I don't know if you remember last season, Viking uh, sort of fell away after they sold the left-back Adrian Pereira. He went to Pauk and he was a really good attacking asset for them from left-back. Rosenberg have just signed him mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. So they've got a, another mm-hmm. youngster striker, Noah Holm, who scored last week and looks really lively. And um, Actually, looks a little bit more exciting for Rosenborg uh, going forward. And uh, the rumor is, I mean, the manager is leaving in the in the winter. Um, Olga Harald is going to give up, in in the rumor this week is they're trying to persuade Sjætild Knudsen to come down from Bodø Glimt and take over.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think I think a lot of the signings, sort of young players, exciting young players, is is aimed towards getting a manager who fits fits their project and. Um, I think they look quite exciting towards the end of the season. Rosenborg's technical ones are pretty uh, good price. I, I wouldn't expect uh I wouldn't expect anyone to beat Moulder though. With uh, yeah, just the way Moulder are playing and, and the squad they've got.
0: So just touching on Rosenborg, they are 74 to win at Viking on Sunday. Yeah. But again, I guess that might obviously tonight's game is going to have a huge bearing on yeah. that one as well.
2: Yeah, and I just think Viking as well that the team to perform better against the better teams Viking I don't think Rosenborg should be outside or should be outsiders but I just think Viking are hard to to back against they always seem to raise the game in in games like this and they've got they've got really good attacking players that it could uh, it should be a tough game for Rosenborg
1: definitely got the kind of hallmarks of both teams to score
2: over 2.5 goals in this game for Sunday it definitely looks like a game of goals and I think the the price reflects that I think it's one point 1.5 1.5 for uh, yeah it's something like four or seven for um over 2.5 goals. Yeah,
0: speaking of goals, Greg, is that Greg, that's an angle that you are quite keen to look at on the five games on Sunday.
1: Yes, we've got five matches kicking off at five on Sunday, so I'll be doing my patented um, goal in the first ten minutes bet and a go in the first half an hour. Uh, just to be clear, that the goal in the first ten minutes market is available normally in the normal markets in the goal section but the goal in the first half an hour only comes available in play about 10 minutes before the game kicks off skybet are also doing um total goals as well um for this league and given the fixtures on sunday um i think the six games been played on sunday overall and there could be a decent line there on on the total goals line but something i'll, I'll have a look at though and i'll share on the channel
0: Okay, uh, just before we finish up in Norway, David, anything else catching your eye this weekend?
2: Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I think I think there's a the, the goals angle looks quite good this weekend with Val- Valerenga home to Starbuck, with gleam at Trondheim, rosenberg playing King Mulder at Kristiansund, and uh, all the home to Strømsgodset. I think there's a lot of games that there could uh, there could be goals in. I do think the sort of gleam right. Gleamed to mold uh, uh, a wee double. It, I think it's a pays about four to one just now. Yeah. Um, what, what, three to, one. Three to 1. just better than three to one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's that, that's a double I'll be looking at this weekend for sure. Okay,
0: good stuff. Uh, time for a recap then. Greg, can you give us a wee recap on your best bets for the weekend?
1: Yeah, so starting on Saturday, um, Motherwell versus Dundee. Taking over 2 and 2.5 Asian goals with bet 365, and that pays 19 to 20. Hib Ernie versus Livingston, I'm taking Hibs to score two or more goals at 11 to 10, and that is with Betfred. And moving into League One, I'm taking over 2.5 goals between Clyde and Cove, and that pays 17 to 20. And finally, moving into Sunday, um, a bet that I really like the look of is St Mirren versus St Johnston. And I'm taking St Mirren to hit over 3.5 corners and St Mirren double chance on a bet builder.
0: And that pays a nice 6-5. to And people should keep an eye out on your channel for goals bets in Norway. Yes. yeah. Okay, David, can you just give us a wee recap of your bets for the weekend?
2: Yeah, we obviously didn't consult about the Motherwell Dundee game, but I'm also on that game <laughs> uh, over one point five, over one point five goals from Motherwell. Uh, at pace two point three seven on Bet three six five, and I actually looked at my text to you to see exactly what I bet on the Queen of the South game, and that was uh, Queen of the South double chance and over one point five goals in the game, and that was even money um, on Bet three six five, and over to Norway a uh, straight win against uh, Christian Sund and that was 2.05 and finally the both teams to score Mjundala um, versus Leila and that was uh, 1.8 uh, all on Bet365 for me because I only look at one site.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all our sites are available. Yes, they uh, probably there. Good stuff. Okay, thanks, guys. Now, don't forget, you can follow both guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and at DWeatherstone11. You can also check out David's blog where he previews Norwegian football on a weekly basis. That's at DavidWeatherstoneFootball.com. Will there be a preview this week, David? Yeah, there will be. Good stuff. Look forward to that. And, of course, if you want more tips like these from Greg, then make sure you join Greg's Telegram channel where he posts his best bets daily. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up. And that's us for this bumper edition of the Gambler podcast. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend, guys. Yeah, thank you. you. Good luck.
2: Bye-bye.